All right, so grab your Bibles if you would. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. You can open up the church app and there's a Bible inside of the app and my sermon notes are also in there as well. You can follow along with me. We are in part two of a series called Always Near. And we're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit. If you didn't hear last week, I wanna really encourage you uh, to go uh, listen to last Sunday's message. I really believe it'll encourage you a great deal. Uh, You know, when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, We're going to be talking about a lot of things that are are super, super important. But what I want to emphasize before we take any step further is this is not uh, a, a step for salvation. Okay, you are are saved because and only because you believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't determine who is going to spend eternity in heaven by looking at how often you did good things versus how often you did bad things. That is not how he determines who is going to be in heaven. He determines who is going to spend eternity in heaven by what you believe. And that is so awesome. Let me read it to you. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It reads like this. If you confess with your mouth, if you say it out loud, Jesus is Lord, and I be- and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, When Easter comes around, you're one of those people that say, this is more than the Easter bunny. When when Christmas comes around, you say, this is more than a Christmas tree. Uh, When those two events come around, you say this, I believe that Jesus Christ, over 2,000 years ago, died on a cross to pay for my sins, which is why we celebrate Christmas. And I also believe that when he died, uh, no, that's not why we celebrate Christmas, I'm sorry. (laughs) Some of you are, I just saw a whole bunch of people go, I was like, what happened, what happened, what happened? So he came to the earth to, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. And then on Easter, he rose again on the third day. And, And if you believe that, heaven is expecting you. You have a reservation in heaven. Um, and, and let me say this as well, though. While you're here living on earth, you can decide if you are going to run your laps here on earth, limping, tired, weary, discouraged, defeated, overwhelmed, stressed out. You can decide if your journey here on earth is that way. Or if you are running with vigor, excitement, snoring at night, praise God, (laughs) getting good sleep, full of peace, because this is what the Holy Spirit brings to our life. Um, Let me read it to you. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God, which is uh, unanimous with the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. So as Jesus is is laying in the tomb, all of a sudden, (gasps) that power that went, (gasps) 
That power right there, that Holy Spirit, that same power is inside of you. That's pretty stinking awesome right there, okay? It's inside of you. Let me read further. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul says this, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's an interesting scripture, isn't it? Because it's like we're talking about, you know, God. We're talking about the kingdom. And all of a sudden, Paul brings up wine. It's like, where did this come from? But when you see the parallel, it's fascinating. Because what he's saying is he's saying, hey, look, if you drink a lot of wine, you're going to be drunk. And if you get drunk, you are going to be under this influence of alcohol. And it's going to influence, watch this. It's going to influence the way you think, and it's going to influence the way you act. And so Paul is saying this, don't get plastered. Don't do that. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't let it influence the way you think. Don't let it influence what you do. Instead, allow the Holy Spirit that is already inside of you, let that influence the way you think. Let that influence the way you act. Let that lead you. So the Holy Spirit is inside of you and it's supposed to lead you and um, it's supposed to make our life um, easier. It's, It's supposed to make our life more of an overcoming life versus a down and defeated, discouraged life. It's, it's this power that's available. So we're going to unpack those thoughts. And so I'm, uh, typically I like to have three points for you, but I'm just, I just got two for you today, okay? Uh, I'm going to talk about the testimony of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now let me see if I can illustrate this. Uh, I need a a picture. Uh, Come here, Isaiah. Um, uh, You can help us real quick. And uh, John, why don't you come on up here? Um, Just stand like right there. And uh, I want—he's the catcher. Just throw him the ball. We're gonna play a little bit of baseball this morning because the Astros are doing awesome, right? Okay, so uh, I've got a toothpick here. Go ahead and send that right in here. It's ridiculous, right? But look what daddy brought. <laughs> All right, just, say, just, just put it anywhere close to the plate. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> You can play baseball. Um, actually, John, you can keep that. You can play baseball with a toothpick and live your life just saying, I'm so happy that I'm going to heaven, and not acknowledge the Holy Spirit. You can play baseball with a toothpick, which makes life a lot harder. Or you can play baseball with a baseball bat, which says, I know I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to live with the Holy Spirit moving through my life while I'm here. It's com- it is completely up to you. You, you are, if you, if you acknowledge Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. That's the most important thing in the world. You're going to heaven. So if you want to live your life and say, I don't want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. I've seen weird people do weird things. Look, you can live your life that way. Or you can back up and say, hold on a second. 
If the Holy Spirit is from God and is God, it, people are weird, but God's not weird. I, I want the Holy Spirit and live my life with a baseball bat versus a toothpick. Nobody's going to make you embrace this power that's on the inside of you. No one's going to make you do that. But it makes your life uh, far more of a victorious life. Let's talk about testifying of the Holy Spirit. I am always um, very leery of a person, and I want you to be leery of a person that does this as well. Somebody who's always saying the Holy Spirit this, the Holy Spirit that. Holy Spirit this, Holy Spirit that, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to tune them off. I don't want you to shut them out. But I want you to have ears open and eyes open. Because the Holy Spirit came not to bring glory to himself, but to introduce us to Jesus. So the Holy Spirit's primary focus is twofold. Number one, introduce us to Jesus. And number two, make us like Jesus. So from the Holy Spirit's perspective, it's all about Jesus. We want to know Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Jesus had gifts and fruits flowing through his, his soul, but it's all about Jesus. The more like Jesus you are, the more gifts and fruits are going to be in your life, but it's all about Jesus. It's not about the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit could talk, he would say, this is not about me. I did not hang on the cross for you. I was not, I, it's about Jesus. And G, his primary responsibility is to introduce us to Jesus. Now, just in case we have a clash of opinion, let's just settle this debate right now. Can you take this? Uh, it's going to roll off. Let's just settle it right now by going to the scriptures. John chapter 15, verse 26. But I will send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit, the source of all truth. He will come to you from the Father and will tell you about me. Let's keep reading. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, as the Holy Spirit is within you, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. Let me read one more verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So without the Holy Spirit... Have you, okay, let me say it this way. Have you ever met a person that doesn't give two cents about church and doesn't give two cents about God? Just raise your hand. Yeah, you've met somebody like that. We all would be like that if the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he gives us the desire. So the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, it moves in our life and gives us the desire to know him. You go from I could care less about Jesus to wanting to know him. The Holy Spirit, after that introduction is made, is now that you know Jesus, we are going to develop his children to make us like Jesus. Are we on the same page here? The Holy Spirit 
introduces us to Jesus, makes us like Jesus. What did Jesus have? What was the characteristics of Jesus? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. But those fruits of the Spirit were flowing through Jesus. What gifts did, God, did Jesus have? Oh, he had all the gifts that we're going to talk about later on in the series. But it's all about Jesus. Now, when you look at how precious the Bible is, and you look at how precious the Holy Spirit is, you could almost be on one extreme or the other and forget about your relationship with Jesus. Let me see if I can show you this in Scripture because this was the problem that Paul was having. Watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, it says this. It seems foolish to the Jews because they want a sign from heaven. They want a miracle. They want, they want a sign from heaven as proof that what is preached is true. And it is foolish to the Gentiles, which I want to say thank you to Jessica Rangel because we had a cool discussion. I want to get a little bit more specific here. The Gentiles is anyone who wasn't a Jew. Okay? It's a nationality. Okay, now there was a religion attached to being a Jew, but being a Jew is a nationality. A, being a Gentile is a nationality. Okay? So these nationalities that were accepting Jesus, the Jewish people, they wanted signs and miracles. The Gentiles who accepted Jesus, they weren't into signs and miracles. Watch what they wanted. And it is foolish to the Gentiles because they believe only what agrees with their philosophy and seems wise to them. So here Paul is preaching... And all the Jews want are miracles. We want miracles. We want miracles. We want miracles. In our vernacular, we want the Holy Spirit. But the Gentiles are not like that. They're more like, you guys who want the Holy Spirit, you guys are like wackos and emotional. I just want to read the scriptures. You see what we got here? So you got Gentiles, all they want to do is just scripture, scripture, scripture. You got the Jews, they want miracles and Holy Spirit and they want gifts of the Spirit. They want that. Now, which one's more important? Yes. Because the scriptures, the Bible, is the breathed expression of God. It is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing between the bone and the marrow, convicting of the thoughts, the intents, and the heart. It is alive. You cannot live without the Scriptures. you got to have the Bible. But the Holy Spirit gives you the desire to love Jesus, helps you love Jesus, makes you like Jesus. You can't live without the Holy Spirit either. But what Paul was dealing with is, I got people over here, all they want is Holy Spirit. These people over here, don't talk to me about the Holy Spirit, I just want to memorize scripture, my daily bread, my daily bread, my daily bread. Paul is saying, these are two extremes. Because nobody is talking about Jesus. Watch. Because the Bible, if you read the whole Bible, 
it points to Jesus. If you are totally into the Holy Spirit, he points to Jesus. Oh man, this is better than what you think it is, folks. <laughs> Watch this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. He continues that thought. He goes, so when we preach about Christ, Jesus, dying to save them, the Jews are offended. Whoa, 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 what about the Holy Spirit? And it is also foolish to the Gentiles. No, 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 don't talk to me about Jesus. Don't talk to me about the Holy Spirit. I just want to read my Bible. Because they believe only what agrees with their philosophy and seems wise to them. Watch this. So let me read it all again. So when we preach about Christ dying to save them, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But God has opened the eyes of those called to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, to see that Christ is the power of God to save them. Christ himself is the center of God's wise plan for their salvation. And so the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? It introduces us to Jesus and makes us like Jesus. What does the Bible do? It introduces us to Jesus, makes us like Jesus. It is about Jesus. Who died for you? Jesus. Who rose again? Jesus. How are we saved? We confess the name of? Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So when somebody comes up to you and they're holding their Bible and they're squeezing and they say, it's all about the Bible, you go, it is. And it's also about the Holy Spirit, because both of them point us to Jesus. When you meet somebody who's like, oh, the Holy Spirit, I don't feel the Holy Spirit here. Where's the Holy Spirit? I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit. I want to go, hold on! It's about Jesus. Well, what about the gifts of the Spirit? I, the gifts follow the fruits. And the fruits follow people who are following Jesus. Gosh, that was so good. That was good. That was so good. Because there are so many people that I want to talk about the gifts. I'm going to talk about the gifts because you know what? Those gifts, I have been embracing them and squeezing them and, and longing. The Bible says to desire the greatest gifts. So it's good to desire gifts. What moron goes to Christmas and not a desires gifts? The Holy Spirit shows up and he has gifts and you're like, I don't want any. You're a moron. But gifts are not to trump fruits. You are not judged by your gifts. You are judged by your fruits. When we look at you and decide whether or not you're the real deal, we don't look at your gifts. Well, I can prophesy. Lottie, da, da. You can fake gifts. Well, the Lord told me, how am I going to argue with that? You can't fake fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. I don't see any of those in you, but I can prophesy. 
cool. When you stand before God, you can show up and you're like, I prophesy. Do you know what the Bible tells? Man, I am preaching all over the place and I'm running out of time. But when this, the, 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 the sons of Sceva showed up, it said they tried to prophesy. And the, the devil came out and kicked the tar out of them. You are strengthened because of your relationship with Jesus. You are judged and you have influence because of your fruits. One guy named John Bevere, I got to get back to my notes here, but one guy named John Bevere, he moves in the gifts better than anybody I've ever met. And somebody asked him, when did these gifts come to you? He goes, I never pursued the gifts. I never even paid attention to the gifts. I just wanted to be close to the Lord and I wanted to, to help people. And he gave me gifts to be able to do that. Let me keep unpacking this. To be filled with the Spirit, he says, don't be filled with wine. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not a moment of starting and then stopping. It's a continuous thing. So if you look at the original Greek or the original Hebrew, it actually should read like this. Don't be filled with wine or drunk with wine. Instead, keep on being filled with the Spirit. I went to Guatemala several years ago, and, and they don't have running water where you can turn on the tap and then turn it off. Raise your hand if you have a tap in your house where you can turn it on and off. Raise your hand. You are rich! Just telling you. All right, these people in Guatemala, they had a big sink, and they had a pole stuck in this mountain, and, and, uh, and, and water was coming out. I'm sure, Matt Bullen, you've seen this a thousand times. Water was coming out. It was going into this sink. And in order to keep the water fresh, they let the water keep coming out, and then the water would over, overflow the sink. And so it was always fresh because water was coming in and water was coming out. That is a type and shadow of being filled with the Spirit. It's always coming in, and it's always... Where we run into the problem is when people are, I want more of the Holy Spirit, I want more of the Holy Jesus, I want more of the Holy Spirit. How do I need to pray this prayer? Do I talk to Jesus? Do I talk to God? Or I just want the I just want the Holy Spirit. God will give you the amount of Holy Spirit that is going out. Watch this. The River Jordan. The same river that Jesus was baptized in. The river Jordan's coming down this mountain. It goes into the Sea of Galilee. Right into the Sea of Galilee. In the Sea of Galilee, you can fish for days and catch fish like crazy. There's lots of stuff living in the Sea of Galilee. Out of the backside of the Sea of Galilee, on the south side, so it comes down from the Jordan River, goes into the Sea of Galilee. Out of the backside, the Sea of Galilee releases what it just received, and it goes down, 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 into what's called the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea receives this fresh water. Boo, oh, it's so awesome. Oh, it's so awesome. But it doesn't give out anything. It only receives. And that's why nothing can live inside of the Dead Sea. Christians who are all about receiving, but they haven't told one person about Jesus. They haven't invited one person to church. They are not striving to be like Jesus. Those are the people that are Christians that are going to heaven that you don't want to be like. They're the ones that you're just like, I don't want to be like you. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody like that? 
I grew up in a church that was 110 people for 25 years. But man, we weren't, we didn't have the Holy Spirit. We had the Holy Ghost. We had the King James stuff. And it was awesome. And we received, but nobody ever got saved. Now I got saved every single Sunday night. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to receive it and you have to give it. It's very, very, very important. And it's not complicated either. You join the dream team and you're, you're, you're giving. Watch this. So it's continually being filled. Now, let me share this. When you're filled with the Spirit, the question is not how much Spirit do you have. That is never the question. When you are filled with the Spirit, the question is not how much Holy Spirit do you have? That is not the question. The question is, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? Let me just tell you this. A drop of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can't have a drop of a person because the Holy Spirit is a person, but just work with me. A drop of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it like this. A thumbnail of the Holy Spirit is more power than you can ever conceive. It, 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 the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters during creation. The Holy Spirit is all powerful. It, it, it is unbelievable. The only thing that we can come up with in a type and shadow using our vernacular is wind. It's strong and nice and calming and powerful, but yet refreshing. It's the Holy Spirit. Just, just one small tablet. And so if you have, just, and the Bible says that the Spirit is inside of you, you don't need much to flip your whole world upside down. So the question is not how much Holy Spirit do you have. The question is, is how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? Because when the Holy Spirit has a little tiny part of you, it's enough to make you say, I believe in you, Jesus when he has more of you, then you say, not only do I believe in you, but I want to be like you. And then when he has more of you, he's not only do I believe in you and not only do I like you, but I want to spend my life serving you. But when he has more of you, now, thank you, John, that now what's happening is now he's beginning to lead you down a narrow path. It's very, very narrow. Narrow, narrow, narrow. This narrow path is a path that not a lot of people walk down. Because the Holy Spirit is now leading you to a very intimate place with Jesus Christ. While he's leading you down that path, you know that you're going down this narrow path when you are becoming more like him and less like everybody else. And the things that you used to do, you can't get away with anymore. I'll give you an example. So I'm half Italian, half Brazilian, two very passionate nationalities. When my mom and dad would fight growing up, they would freeze each other out. They could go 10 years without talking again. So that mentored me, taught me, so if you want to, like, not talk to me, you're dead. <laughs> Anyone else have that gift slash curse? You, you're dead to me. So 
when Allie and I got married, we get into a little argument here and there, and it's like, I mean, we cut the room with a knife. I will never talk to you. I'll lay in bed with you, but you are not there. Walk right past you. Don't even see you. We're both in the refrigerator. You're not even there. But when you start pursuing God, at the end of 2015, I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me, not out loud, just right down in here. Just, I want you to pray as if you know it's going to make a difference. Pray with that kind of attitude. So at the end of 2015, my prayer life went to a whole new level. More passion, more vigor, more consistency than ever before. Now me and my wife get into a fight, an argument. I cross swords with somebody on staff. Get into an argument with somebody in the family. I can't get away with freezing people out like I used to. I just can't. And boy, it ticks me off. (laughs) Because I'm wrong a lot, but I'm not always wrong. And when I get into an exchange or an argument, and I'm on that narrow path, and I'm walking and talking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit has brought us together. The starting place is not whether I'm right. The starting place is now, if 1,000 sentences were said, did you say one thing that wasn't right? Because if you said one thing that wasn't right, that's where we're starting. You go back and apologize for that and whatever else comes to mind while you're apologizing. And do you know how difficult that is? And when you show up, the Holy Spirit is very picky about how you use your words. I just want to say I'm sorry for telling you to shut up. But had you not, he's not into those buts. Here's another area where I don't quite get away with the things I used to. I've known for years that Uh, being vulgar is not profitable. Not only is it in the Bible, but it's just not profitable. So I've known for years about that. But then there's this, we're not just talking about four-letter words. Now we're talking about gray words. It's not a curse word, but I'm coming right up to it. See, the more and more you walk down this narrow path with the Holy Spirit, the more and more you become like Him and you just don't get away with the things you used to get away with. You become less like everybody else and more like Him because that is what the Holy Spirit is here to do. Yes, He's here to comfort you. Yes, He will give you gifts and fruits. Yes, all those things are going to happen. And we're going to talk about it this week because it's of the utmost importance. But though it's of the utmost importance, it cannot blur our vision on why He's here. He's here to comfort us and to point towards Jesus, introduce us to Jesus, make us like Jesus. And when that begins to be replaced with anything else, 
we get disoriented. And the fruit of people getting saved begins to diminish. Oh, Christians are really good around Christians. You prophesy to me and I'll prophesy to you. You prophesy to me and I'll prophesy to you. I'll pray for you and you pray for me. You sing and I'll sing. I'll tell you what, you sing and I'll preach. And, and, and you, it, uh, hey, hey, here's some cookies. Well, guess what? I got juice. So awesome. And that's what happens when Jesus in salvation and, and, and what's most important to Jesus is people not going to hell. It, and when it gets replaced with, I think I've memorized more scriptures than you. Or I have more gifts than you. Oh, man. We're, 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 we're getting all mixed up. We want to walk that narrow path of saying, Jesus, not only do I acknowledge you, but I want to be like you and I want to serve you. And, and, and what do I need to do to serve you to the best of my ability? Because I only get one shot at this and I want to serve you well. And, and Jesus backs up and says, well, if you're going to serve me like that, if you're that committed, Holy Spirit, give them what they need to do it. But it's, it's that willingness to walk that narrow path and to be able to give things up and say, coach me and lead me as much as you want because there is nothing that I love more than the idea of having more of you in my life. And that is a narrow path. If you're ever gonna commit yourself to a series, I hope it's this one. I hope you listened to last week and I hope I see you next week. Would you stand up on your feet for me, please? We're gonna close this service a little bit different than we normally do. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And, and I, just, I just feel strongly that, that the Holy Spirit is moving in this room and he's drawing people to Jesus. And, and I'm going to ask you this question. Is there anyone here that says... Uh, I'm willing to give up more than I ever have. To be used in a greater way than I've ever been used. I, I want to walk that narrow path. I'm not just talking to people who might give their life to Jesus this morning. I'm talking to people that have been following and living with Jesus for 40 or 50 years that you want to be used for him in these last days before he returns. You want to be used by him and you are willing to walk the narrow path to give up whatever you have to give up to be like him. If that's you, I want you to come out of your seat and walk the narrow aisle that leads to a narrow path. And I want you to come down as close as you can because I want to pray over you specifically. Now, some of you in this room, you say, I've never even acknowledged Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, then, I, then you definitely need to come down.
But this is more than that. This is a much more broad moment than that. I believe that we're living in the last days, that Jesus is coming back soon. And he wants the Holy Spirit to be on many lives, to be used for him. And I don't know how many people want to say, Lord, choose me, use me. But if that's you, I want you to come down. I want to pray over you. Would you just raise your hand as a sign of surrender, both hands as a sign of surrender. And I just want to pray over you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We are surrendered children. Use your Holy Spirit to make us like you. Use your Holy Spirit to cause us to desire and to be more committed than ever before. If we need gifts, if we need certain gifts, or we need more of a certain fruit, Lord, just give us whatever we need to serve you best. Bless your people. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them as they walk down a narrow path. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. And Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You cannot come down that narrow path. That narrow path is a path of intimacy. That narrow path does not allow you to go where they're going. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I command every grip that you have on their life to be released in the name of Jesus Christ. That people that are sick in this room, you will be healed right now in Jesus' name. You will be healed right now, a spirit of healing in this room. Spirit of depression, we command you to leave this room, to leave their lives. They're walking down the narrow path. You are not welcome here. Spirit of depression, be gone. In oppression over finances, I just speak life to your finances. If you need a new job, I pray in Jesus' name, he sends you a new job. If you're at the right job, but you need more money, I pray in Jesus' name that there's more money coming into the company and there's more money coming to you. In the name of Jesus, if there is an enemy, a spiritual enemy that is coming against a family through their marriage or their children, their mother, their father, we rebuke you, you spirit of divisiveness, to be gone in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. No official dismissal. You can leave whenever you want to, but let's just worship him together for a moment, if that's okay.